Today's episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, is brought to you by the Indivisible Guide, a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. It's a team made up of former congressional staffers uh, revealing their best practices for making Congress listen. That sounds like something we're all interested in, right? Right. Uh, you can donate to this group on their page at www.indivisibleguide.com. You can follow them up on Twitter, which is at Indivisible Team. Uh, we follow them. So if you just look at our followers, you can get it like that. They have weekly calls. They have put out emails. They they make uh, videos. They, they, they're keeping you informed so you can, uh, as the kids say, stay woke, and uh, we can maybe get some shit done. So that's Indivisible Guide. Uh, they are awesome. And now let's get on with the show. Here and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last man. That right there is a Welcome back to the Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin. As usual, we got a great podcast for you to start off your week. I hope you did your homework, folks, because we're going to be talking about Father John Misty's new album, Pure Comedy. Now, uh, you know, Father John Misty has a little bit of reputation. We're, we're going to talk about that coming up, and but but I want to I want to say something. I want to you guys to take this chance to sort of break a cycle here far too often we we look at somebody and what we think of them when we see them in the media or whatever uh, whether it's right or wrong uh, of how a person is and uh, like I said Josh Tillman as Father John Misty has a reputation for being kind of a smug asshole that's that's the character it is what it is so a lot of people I've talked to have been turned off uh, by his music and especially this album coming out. Uh, so I just want to say to you, uh, if you are on the fence, and this is one of the reasons, like, put that down. Because you would be doing yourself a disservice. Uh, this is, uh, spoiler here, uh, this is his masterpiece. We're going to talk about whether or not it will age, its relevance, like, now versus the future. Uh, but it is, as it stands now, this is one of the best albums of 2017. In my my humble opinion, so um, you know, take that in mind. Give it a chance. Give us a chance talking about it. Maybe we'll talk you into it. I don't know. Um, so we're gonna be doing that, and then we're gonna be uh, talking about a new album from Corey Brandon. I'm actually, just gonna be playing a track from that. The name of the album is Adios. Uh, it is this Mississippi-born singer-songwriter. I believe it's his fifth album out on Bloodshot Records, and uh, and actually he's going to be playing here in town at Jam, Jam and Java, coming up on the, I believe it's the 13th or 14th. I'll figure it out by the time we get back to you uh, after our, our discussion about Father John Misty. So that's what we're in for. Uh, we're glad you're here. So if you're ready and you got your beverage, you're comfortable, you're ready to hang out for a little while, I think it's time we head on down to the basement to talk about Father John Misty's Pure Comedy.
Hey, you guys want to start off with this? You you, you, you wait for all our uh, shit to kick in? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give it like 30 minutes. Yeah. Does everybody have like a good dose and whatever they pick to drink? Every, everybody just, make that. Everybody make. Somebody make this. When, when you when you peak. Oh, get up there! See, I, I was about to ask you what, huh? and then I got. No, when, when you when you peak, make this go. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that that'll be the sign. Now you know we can start. Uh, no, um, if, if we're ready, we'll we'll, we'll go. Uh, welcome back, everybody. We got Carrie down here. Hello. We got Eduardo down here, and uh, neighbor Michael. Which, you know, I, I sort of wanted to do, like, a home improvement gag. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why. If I poke my head over the fence or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're a little further away. You're like hey, a neighbor. block and a half away. Yeah. Uh, glad you finally made it to one. No, it's, it's, it's been a little while. Yeah, it has been a little while. Like, also, like, a flander saying, hi, little though, neighbor. Yeah. 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 That type of stuff. Um, we are here uh, today to talk about an artist that we have, we have a long tumultuous relationship with uh he hasn't blocked us like ryan adams yet but <laughs> but he might <laughs> after this podcast um uh, talking about one father john misty uh otherwise his his real name is josh tillman now this is a guy he actually is from the area yes so this is He's, sort of uh, talking about local from the music. old line state yeah, yeah. From, from uh rockville maryland yep where i went to high school and i'm, I'm gonna talk about at some point <laughs> this why a lot of this album sounds exactly like something somebody from rockville maryland would say <laughs> I, I'm not saying hey that's man, just because we have a magnet program at that high school doesn't mean everyone walks around being didactical about religion. Uh, it's and not, shit. It has nothing to do with being didactical, uh, but uh, but he has been around for like real like longer than I think most people think. So back in 2003, uh, as Jay Tillman, he put out eight albums. Uh, the last one was as recent as 2010. He also was in a band that I know everybody knows, Fleet Foxes, and mm-hmm. and for my money, he's what made Fleet Foxes good. Because Agreed. Robin Pecknold is talented, he does all this stuff, but as we'll hear on this album, uh, Josh Tillman's really explicit talent is as an arranger. And he took all these things in Fleet Foxes mm-hmm. and made them lush. Regardless of what you thought about Helplessness Blues, it was still a, a fantastic sounding album. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't care for the content, necessarily, but it sounded great. Um, he quit them... And in 2012, and this was, I don't know if it was a crisis of faith or whatnot, but uh, made up this character called Father John Misty. We're going to put a link in the show notes. He wrote an essay for this, but he also, um, he's, he's spoken out about why he did that a lot. It's a joke. He, well, <laughs> it's, well, maybe. I mean, yeah. we, we don't, we, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. Fear Fun was one of the best reviewed albums of 2012. I think we all loved it here. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Carrie, you lost some panties on the stage. So did, so did my lady. And some Spanx. Yeah, and some and Spanx. I mean, any undergarments thrown at the stage. I, we talked about this before, <laughs> but we went, we actually taped that show and, uh, at, at Rock and Roll Hotel here in Washington, D.C. And this was right before that album blew up. And I was up there shooting it and I come to the back and Andre. These are your panties too. No, Andre was taping it <laughs> and, and, and Daria was in the back and I walk up to Daria and her jaw has just dropped and I had to like basically like bump into her to get her to even notice me. <laughs> uh, he is a, he's a magnetic performer. Um, that is an understatement. Yeah, yeah, see? Um, and he, uh, He's the one performer that can hang on the water pipes at uh, the Black Cat and they don't yell at him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um in 2015, he came out with his second album, I Love You, Honey, Honey Bear, which was, in his mind, a uh, exploration of toxic uh, masculinity, uh, which is kind of weird since uh, his character here is a toxic male. 
So it didn't, like, the irony doesn't quite work with that. And as a result, I mean, people loved it. We did not love it, uh, specifically for that reason. There were some great moments on that. I forget the, what's the song? It's like Six in the Morning or something? Or Yeah. It, there's, it's near there's, the end of the album. Yeah. It's an amazing, like, emotional breakdown. But besides that, everything else was just sort of like, ah. It's, it's also, we, I mean, part of, if you understand the concept of toxic masculinity, part of the issue is that it's everywhere. Yeah. We don't need an album-length exploration of it from a... F- from a somewhat swarthy dude. <laughs> right, which sets me up for what so. I'm going to say here uh, uh, before we get into uh, Pure Comedy, his third album, is that when I heard this was going to be released, given the times that we are in and I heard what it was going to be about, I said, you know, the last thing we need uh, is an album by another white guy talking about the problems of the world. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure... If I was entire, I, I don't know if we're going to try to work out if I was right or wrong. Right now, I want to play a little, little uh, piece of the title track though, and this is uh, this is going to be about like halfway through, I think, uh, Pure Comedy, which is a seven minute track, six minutes, mm-hmm. twenty six minutes. So here's a title track of Pure Comedy. Comedy. Now that's what I call pure Wait until the part where they start to believe They're at the center of everything And some all-powerful being Endowed this horror show with meaning Oh, their religions are the best They worship themselves, yet they're told with risen zombies, celestial virgins, magic tricks These unbelievable outfits And they get terribly upset When you question their sacred texts Written by a woman hating epileptics Their languages just serve to confuse them Their confusion somehow makes them more sure They build fortunes, poisoning their offspring And hand out prizes when someone packed insecure Where did they find these goons they elected to rule them? What makes these clowns they idolize so remarkable? These mammals are hell-bent on fashioning new gods So they can go on being godless animals
the uh, showing off the uh, arrangement talents I was talking about. You know, you as you get into that song, it's it's a really slow build. And then all of a sudden, it like blows up into it's this. It's got seven like, minutes to get yeah. there. Yeah, it's seven minutes to get there. <laughs> and it's which only is... half the length of the longest song on the record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and this is practice. And this is something that like, he actually uh, calls out later on in the record, is like people not liking his new shit, maybe for this. Mm-hmm. I, Which is weird, because I don't think anybody... Uh, honestly, I don't think most of his fans care. They just look at him like, fuck, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm he... not saying that in a bad way. I feel like this album started um, last year during his uh, performance uh, at the the festival in Philly, where he just he didn't play anything. He just kind of gave everybody a lecture about like oh, how oh, yeah, 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 shitty yeah, yeah. everything in the world is, and then walked off the stage because it was the day after um, it was the day after the uh, the Trump inaugural, you know, not the uh, the. Um, Whatever the, the coronation bullshit yeah. that they put together right. for the Republican uh, convention, where instead of having <laughs> anything well, to do with America, it was just his name everywhere, and mm-hmm. he just walked off. But he, some of the stuff that he said um, are direct lyrics from right. where this album ended up. Right, and 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 this is you know getting into stuff like that. Everybody is uh, is everybody's sort of feeling <laughs> what's going on right now, but. Uh, and he, in fact, I saw an article in the Washington Post saying even Republicans in D.C. are like, what the actual fuck? Right. And, but again, <laughs> back to my point, your initial instinct is to think, the last thing I want is some thirty mid-30s white dude to tell me about all these problems. And yet, when I listen to this album on the whole, and I hate myself for this forever... It's a good year for self hatred. So it's, I think yeah, that's that's it, that's, it, that's it, it is it is I don't know how he's we recovered. With cells, baby. I don't know how we recovered from Honey Bear. Uh in my mind this is this is his like his absolute masterpiece. And it, and I don't know anybody and I'm still trying to figure out the, the pieces, how they fit together, how this works to so successfully like grab the milieu and the zeitgeist of everything that's going on and get his ego at least a little bit out of the way, which is something I never thought I would be able to say about Father John Misty. I never thought he actually be able to do it, but mm. at, at XPN last year, when he was starting into his tirade, it wasn't mm. really even, you know, the things that I saw about it were like, oh, he threw a fit. Oh, he stomped. No, he didn't. It was actually this like very thought out, methodical, dot, you know, just didactical uh, exposition of what the hell was going on and that he just was not in a position to sing any songs. And he, all of his uh, crowd started cheering, and everybody was adoring him. And you know the whole talk about his fans would let him put out just about anything and, and say it's gold plated. Mm-hmm. But they were all cheering, and he was like, "Stop applauding! Feel right. sad. We need to feel embarrassed about what the fuck is going on with our country." Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, I was really disappointed in Honey Bear because Fear Fun is still one of my favorite albums, it's and great, probably will be album. until the day I die, fifty years from now. Um, it's a fantastic album, and it's. It's catchy, it's poppy, it's just great. Like, it sticks in your head. This um, is one that you really have to listen to. I don't think that there are songs on here that are just, like, so absolutely and intensely stunning that they're going to be, like, my favorite song at the end of the year. But this is, like, an important album. And I yeah. feel like if if Trump's election is what got him to not put out Honey Bear 2 and got him to actually focus on putting out something like this... That is one good thing that I can say about this. Well, election. because because and, and then what do you look like? You want to jump in? But I want to say it says before you do, 
because I think the scope of the album, first of all, is that is the greater us. He's talking about like humanity. It deals with uh, religion, the effects of religion has on society, good and bad. Uh, it deals explicitly a song we're going to listen to later with the end of the world, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 maybe it's because and that's, the end of the world is man made, and and maybe that's because that's no longer an abstract con- uh, concept in 2017. That it works because normally, you know, this isn't like never going to close my eyes like Armageddon shit. I mean, this is this is actually like, oh, fuck. And also, full disclosure, I've played about 30 hours of Fallout 4 in the past two weeks. So, so, so I add, it's been soundtracked a little bit by this, but it, the scope of this is is exactly that. It is the totality of our existence summed up, our existence right now, not throughout history, just right now. And it's bleak as fuck because in in his eyes there's no hope, there is no hope for any of us. And and why are we even trying is is sort of the message it takes. So Eduardo, I'll I'll toss that to I you. Have, I have so I have a, I have a couple of thoughts. Um, the first is that I'm not convinced that his ego doesn't get in his way here. Um, I'm not convinced that he overcomes it. I think I think this is a very narcissistic and egocentric album to the point where he even references Narcissus and says Narcissus mm-hmm. would be at home mm-hmm. in our Online, time. I think yeah. it's, I yeah. think he's absolutely em- embracing his ego. I don't think he's transcended it. And I think, um, I think it's successful because it's a flawed album because it's, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't think it captures everything about us. I think it misses a lot. I think it's, it's flat out wrong in a couple of places and, and it's, it's couched in this, um, very very smart outfit that um that makes me hate us which is what it's designed to do and i already right. do hate us so that's sort of why it lines up <laughs> right. but it, but but i think it's successful mostly because it's so flawed and incomplete and because it's kind of uh, just like us it's sort of it's i, it's, say it's this soft is us, from, but... I mean but no <laughs> we can go there no we can't no, it's um it is it's it's sophomoric it's a young man's wisdom it's a young man's idea of explaining everything um and and i don't it it doesn't like i don't listen to it and think oh he got it right i listen to it and i think he 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 hit a few things right by accident that anyone who's read the things that that he's read could probably hit mm-hmm. on he he missed a lot but this is actually this is sort of the hero we deserve this is what we get in in 2017 is this <laughs> flawed narcissist who's going to be lauded as a genius despite having wildly missed the mark uh <laughs> in a couple of places. And then, and, and my third point is that when he says that he's going to lose fans or he's not going to lose any fans well, yeah, over that, this, and that, like, that's where his ego doesn't get all the way out of way. That's just patently false. He, and, will, and, he and, will be, he will be lauded as the second coming of Dylan and, because and of there, this. There is no irony in him saying that. It's yeah. not like you say, that's like very self-serving, very self. I'm like, taking such a me. risk. I'm going to lose my mm-hmm. fans who are going to be like, I don't like his new show. That is, that is not going to happen. Yeah. Like, so well, anybody, I mean, anybody that, if, oh, sorry, go ahead. yeah, if you, I mean, if you think it's going to happen, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to have that conversation, but I don't think anyone in this room thinks that there's going to be someone who's like, you know what? I love you. Honey bear was mm. a magnum opus, but this, <laughs> this is indulgent. Right. <laughs> I don't want to sit around and listen to like, it's just not, it's all just, the Republicans that were sitting right. and all the Christians that were sitting around <laughs> yeah. listening to honey bear, are Let, like that's it. Right, He's taken right. on God. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really funny to think back about when, um, W took on eels for, um, <laughs> oh <my laughs> was gosh. talking about, um, yeah. uh, Mr. E's beautiful, uh, blues. For yeah. Saying, God damn right. It's a beautiful world. And, and I'm like, a huge, oh, 
huge oh, Eels fan. Me so too. That me and you're not bigger than me, bud. And he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is this just in, you know indicates the end of humanity as we know it. And it's like, isn't, wasn't that cute? Remember when that happened? Yeah, that was adorable. <laughs> that was adorable. And now this guy is basically just like, basically laying it all on the line. Yeah. I, I want to play a track, and then I'm going to get uh, your take on this, Michael, because I know... Uh, originally, you'd been like, "I'm not a fan." So. Well, that's still true, but it doesn't mean I don't have anything to say about the record. Okay. Let's, let's hear a track, and then this is uh, this is actually probably my favorite track in the album. Pairs well with Fallout Four. Things that <laughs> <laughs> in, in the wasteland. That's Kevin's hot take. That's in the liner notes. It got too hot, and so we overthrew the system. Cause there's no place for human existence not right here. This bright blue marble Orbited by trash Man, there's no big bad There's no big thing to give up The way of life we had Oh, oh My social life now quite a bit less hectic The nightlife and the protests are pretty scarce Now mostly spend the long days Walking through the city Empty as a tomb Sometimes I miss the time of the food chain what a perfect afternoon In the street commons Topple to their Flows began to freeze. Things that would have been helpful to know before the revolution. <laughs> Best listened to playing Fallout 4 or your favorite video game that involves a wasteland. Um, that, you know, you hear uh, more than anything on this album, that, that is the strength of his arrangements. Mm-hmm. The ability to ape the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Ability, I mean... Uh, you got Harry Nilsson yes. all over this fucking yes. album, uh, and it's not, look. He's he is Laurel Canyon. He is he's mm-hmm. he is occupying and has always his mm-hmm. entire career occupied that space that people like like who's who's come up since near Harry Nilsson that's been like Harry Nilsson. So so this is a good segue which Kevin and I totally didn't prepare for. So yeah. what I was listening today in the car to a Warren Zevon live record called Learning to Flinch, and I was thinking yeah, about Warren Zevon, and I was thinking yeah. Warren Zevon, great arranger wonderful songwriter able to do really beautiful sentimental um arrangements 
and often undercut them with this really biting sentiment, this really sort of bleak humor. And I was thinking, you know, Warren Zevon and Father John Misty might have had some simpatico points mm-hmm. of oh, reference. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a big Warren Zevon fan. I'm not a big Father John Misty fan. But <laughs> I was thinking to myself, there are some parts of this record that I can totally hear some Warren Zevon bits. It's the 1970s as California. But what I would have liked is a little bit less bread, a little less Seals and Crofts, and a little more Warren Zevon. Because Warren Zevon had that, like, you know, that those wicked, like, oh, he didn't say that, you know, like, you know, uh, he raped her and killed her and left her for dead. And Excitable he, boy. And yeah. Later, yeah. He, 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 you know, digs up her bones and makes a cage. Uh, it's like, yeah, that, you know, that's this gorgeous, funny little, you know, piano yeah. pop song. Yeah. And you know, Father John Misty's doing these beautifully arranged piano pop pieces with a lot of background orchestration. And if you listen to the Learning to Flinch record, you know, Warren Zevon's doing this long chorale in the intro to mm-hmm. Roland the Headless T- Thompson Gunner. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that was a guy that Father John Misty probably sees some references to. He absolutely has to. I mean, there, yeah. it's it's a clear line, like I said, between him, between Nelson, mm-hmm. uh, between somebody we haven't mentioned, Carol King. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And certainly, you know, the the whole uh, sort of the Brill building kind of piano yep. pop songwriting yeah. school. Yeah. And then in the California side, you know, um, I was thinking like Linda Ronstadt's 70 rec- 70s records where she's doing yeah, yeah. these covers of, you know, Warren Zevon among others, yeah. but yeah. a lot of other sort of like, you know, late 20th century American pop writing from California where this sort of like lushness to the arrangement, the the more is better kind of uh, setting where you work in those horns just the way the Father John Misty did in that song, work in the string arrangements, and everything kind of builds to those crescendos. But, you know, just in terms of the songwriting content, I'd rather listen to a Warren Zevon record. <laughs> I, lo- I love that comp because I think temperament-wise, even if they're, you know, sonically they're not, they don't share a lot, I think temperament-wise there's, um, he clearly views himself as being, in- and it's interesting, like, even though the songwriting can be very kind of ornate and even arguably sort of feminine at points. Super- we- well, I mean, there's a superfluous kind of like orchestration to stuff that doesn't necessarily need it, but it's like that more is better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's all, but there's also the like, so the person I kept going back to was John Phillips and that hmm. Wolf King of LA album, which is sort of, which is, which probably, which like that and like Graham Parson is why like mm. there are people, there are yeah. singer songwriters in LA who wear scarves <laughs> yeah. and hats all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And bolo ties and shit. Um, the thing that I took out of like that song is that you've got this that middle part. It's so lush; it becomes claustrophobic, and you feel like the first time I listened to it, I felt like I was in a wind tunnel of mm-hmm. just I can't get out of the the sound of this song. So you've got like that whole day in the life uh, from from the Beatles, mm. but whereas the Beatles shut it off and then go into like a straight clarity narrative mm-hmm. of a diary, much like. The rest of the songs on this, he just, it basically ends it. Um, there's so many yeah. songs on this album where he builds and builds and builds and gives you the lecture of all the ills that are going on. And then it's just like, okay, now the song is over. And I I mean, it's it's weird because taken as a whole, I think this album is very much a dirge. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and it's like, like you said, you, you know, you, you can't get out of the way and like, that's what stu- like sucks me into this is that I can't get out of the way. There are songs I don't necessarily like, like Smoochie. Like that. I mean, it's it's okay, but no, but, it's not. It's, terrible. it's not well, good. But uh, <laughs> two wildly different perspectives yeah. is 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 not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's so, so it's so yeah. so so there are yes. moments, but but you have been 
sort of blown away by some of the songs before and and mm-hmm. if and once you've heard it after it feel like there's there's no song that I'm I'm going to I can jump to on this album like, I just want to hear that right now if I put this on you're in for the whole thing I'm in for yeah. the whole thing yeah. I want to feel right. the end of the world yeah and it's it's almost like commiserating with this piece of wax that we have mm-hmm. and saying like oh okay this this thing not and I'm not saying the father John Misty I think this is like weirdly like channeled through him because mm-hmm. it is so like precisely what not just me but a lot of people I talk to feel like how they feel right now. Well, and one of the things that Eduardo was saying earlier is that he felt kind of distant. And correct me if I'm paraphrasing incorrectly, but he felt kind of distant because he is such a narcissist and it bleeds through everything. For me, I have kind of like a hands-off love-hate relationship with him, and I. I am magnetically drawn to pretty much anything he does. And it's, it's one of those dichotomies of he says the same things that Michael Moore does, but it's coming out of mm-hmm. two different vehicles. And so it's very easy for me to disregard what Michael Moore says and say, that guy needs to get a haircut. And he his his position would be better <laughs> served if he looked tidier. Right, right. And I feel shitty for thinking that, but it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Meanwhile, Josh Tillman says whatever garbage he wants. And I'm like, okay. Because of how he looks. And so the fact that a narcissist is saying how shitty society is as a white narcissist is is kind of telling almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose. Like he really. Yeah, that's I, I, I don't know if he can't, is. You can't tell where he really is on any of this. Um, that, that last song, the um, oh shit, the things, with, things that, that would have uh, been, been yeah. helpful. Mm hmm. When you compare that to Smoochie, I feel like (laughs) things that would have been helpful is basically where he should have gone from Fear Fun. And Smoochie is where he ended up going with Honey Bear. And Honey Bear is basically an entire bullshit album of, hey, everybody, I'm so, I have all this madness in my heart, and I'm a madman. Hey, baby, you're the only one that can corral me. Yeah, yeah, you it's just want to. It's just, the yeah. smarm. And, of but the thing is, is that, that normally he can kind of like he can pull that smarm off in in person. He can. He can. And you're just like, oh my god, that. But yeah, I, just lay I, it I saw, we, we I were, saw a few people retweeting pictures of him with captions like, "I have many leather bound books." So I have read all of Philip Roth. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 the thing is, though, like back to what we were talking about uh, off mic. One of the lyrics. Uh, one of the first things you hear on the album almost like threw me for the old, whole album turning it off and something about women being like periodically it's the, it's the verse that that posits that that we have these these gender inequalities today because as hunter gatherers it was decided that the fact that women uh, uh menstruate means that they should not hunt and that they stay home to take care of the kids because and men that are too stupid to feed a kid milk yeah it's the it's the worst kind of like and a full two minutes of that song is dedicated to, like, being like, that's such a drag. And he thinks he gets out of it by saying, like, oh, I hope we don't, you know, go on to regret this, which is which is it's part no, of my like, other gosh, thing. Gosh, honeys, I hope we don't go on to regret this. Yeah. The way that he says babies, actually, yeah. I thought was kind of clever because he's using babies not only as, hey, universal babies, uh, like Venus flytrap, but mm-hmm. he also is talking about, like, literal babies. Yeah. But like the, the way but that, the, um, you know, like the way that Vonnegut used to talk about, oh, little babies. If you remember, yeah. if yeah. Uh, anyone's a big Vonnegut fan, yeah, Sorry. Okay. yeah. There's, there's. I think, be I think that's baby. like in a nutshell. That's sort of my problem with the album is that he wants, he wants to be deep, and he also wants to be praised for being clever and ironic, and 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 because yeah. he's so aware of how stupid right. it is to want to be deep. Uh, 
And and we already had the nineties, man. We We cloaked ourselves in that and it didn't work. Let's, it didn't change he, the world. He, he's got a you bunch know? of Vonnegut leather bound books at his house, <laughs> yeah. but he hasn't actually read them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I, I wanna play uh this is probably the most directly like this is Josh Tillman, I think. Yeah, this is, this uh, is the centerpiece of, yeah, of his, his centerpiece career, of maybe, album. not just the album. Yeah, you think the career? Ooh, maybe, yeah. I don't okay. know. Uh, and, and, you know, a little background, uh, you know, him and his, his wife left. They moved from L.A., they moved to New Orleans, and now they're back. And maybe that's why this album is. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, this is Leaving L.A. I was living on the hill By the water tower and hiking trails And when the big one hit I'd have a seat To watch masters abandon their dogs And dogs run free Oh, baby, it's time to leave Take the van and the hearse down to New Orleans Leave under the gaze of the billboard queens Five-foot chicks with parted lips Selling sweatshop jeans These L.A. phonies and their bullshit bands It sound like dollar signs in Amy Grant So reads the pull quote from my last cover piece Entitled The Oldest Man in Folk Rock Speaks You can hear it all over the airwaves The manufactured gasp of the final days Someone should tell them about the time that they don't have to praise the glorious future and the hopeless past A few things the songwriter needs Arrows of love, a mask of tragedy You want ecstasy or birth control Just run the tap until the water's cold Anything else you can get online A creation myth or a 45 Gonna need one or the other to survive Where only the armed or the funny make it out alive 
Mara taunts me neath the tree She's like, oh great, that's just what we all need Another white guy in 2017 takes himself so goddamn seriously She's not far off The strange thing is That's pretty much What I thought when I started this It took me my whole life To learn to play the G The roll of Oedipus was a total breeze Still I dreamt of garnering all rave reviews Just believably a little north of God's own truth He's a national treasure of his major label debut A little less human with each release Closing the gap between the mask and me I swear I'll never do this but is it okay Don't want to be that guy, but it's my birthday If everything ends with a photo, then I'm on my way Um, Leaving L.A., that song is 12 fucking minutes long (laughs) Uh, but, But it includes, I mean, it starts off with uh, you know, just sort of a personal reference, but getting into the more cosmic themes or the uh, totality theme of the album, you know, someone should tell them about the time they don't have. You know, this is, uh, there's a line in here, I think it's in this song where it's like, uh, I'm finally getting closer to the end or the end. The end uh, I'm, get, I'm close enough, I'm beginning to see the end or something like yeah, that. Be- yeah, beginning, beginning to see the end. And, uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a musical journey. <laughs> and oh, you did not just do that. I did. Um, you know, <laughs> but there, there's no chorus. It is simply these stanzas over uh, that go through different phases of things going on. Some of them are his life, we assume. Some of them are not. And it, mm-hmm. uh, the end result is after 12 minutes, you sort of feel numb, but sort of feel like. Like something just happened, <laughs> right? Well, there's a weird, there's there's a really cool lyrical trick, which is that he he ends the last verse without giving you the rhyming. Right? There's like mm-hmm. you're you like you don't have the last two or three syllables, and so you're sort of left to imagine what was supposed to rhyme with script. I think is the which is, is the in keeping with a lot of the other songs on this. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, on, on pure comedy, you end up with him giving this entire exposition and then the last line is 
hey, we're I'm sorry to tell you, but we're all we've got. And then yeah. and it just ends. And it's like, dude, you look like a prophet and you're singing about a prophet, but you're not telling us what the hell to do. You're just like right. telling us we're doomed. Fuck you, man. Well, if you read the Bible, that's what a lot of the prophets actually did. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean, read the Bible. I, I, I just like to vote like I, I, was, I read the Bible. I was going to say, that's so Rockville. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty Old Testament. I also right think it's there. funny that he like bashes Southerners by saying y'all in one of those songs. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't even pull off y'all. You know, All y'all. And, and to that point, in some, and uh, Eduardo, this might be your chance to apologize to Sonny Sweeney. Um, you know, we, we don't do, we don't, it's not facts-based, but you, you did talk today about uh, Bottle by My Bed. About how yeah. we, didn't, we just didn't research. Well, we, we, we missed something. <laughs> yeah, we and, missed something. And, and, I, pro- and, and I mean, I, I know I personally would have uh, spoken differently about that song if I had known about the personal right. circumstances around it. And so I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I think it's fine. We were reacting to mm-hmm. the album and to the text. And, and the discussion I want to have around that yeah, yeah. Is, is that there is a very thing, and this is like right from his Wikipedia, uh-huh. um, and it is in every interview. So he like he offers this up and mm-hmm. talks extensively about it. it. Says Tillman struggles with severe depression and anxiety, and currently self medicates with microdoses of yeah, LSD. He's, he's microdosing, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, that is the new hot therapy. Uh-huh. I, I, yep, I, I suppose, uh, but it is also for. Like what? What I said to you is like I I don't like I don't like being informed like that by those things by artists because like I have to leave that up to yeah like me to it's figure sort of out whether it's admissible or not in yeah. how you view the because like yeah. if I tell you it was us talking about everything and said I suffer from anxiety and depression and I'm medicated on it for every single episode people are just like oh well this is why he likes everything it's like, it's, it's like how fucking um. Uh, Chris Hardwick mentions on every episode yes. of his podcast that he runs a lot. He used to be fat and all these, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. gets a little boring. Yeah, we yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. You, you you get it. You get it. And and it is like those type of things are part of life. It is if the artist brings it up, then I guess it's part of their narrative. And he and he's brought it up at this point. Yeah, but should it be part of how you listen to a song? No, and it didn't. Should, did, it, should and it be it, part of how you it, critique a song? And, and it, what's and, the background of that? And song? in this case, it didn't because what this really did, the, how this resonated with me, and now seeing that, like it made a lot of sense because this sounds like an album a depressive would make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, there is no hope to be found <laughs> anywhere here, and 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 whether or not he's micro, like however he's treating it. Like it's not manic depression. Manic depression, you are all over the place, and you do something like foxygen. <laughs> this is this is this <laughs> is not microdosing. That's a full but, different different dosing. But this this type of stuff, like these arrangements, are deliberate. They are yeah. out there. They mm-hmm. are they're referencing, like you said, they're ta- they're referencing Warren Zevon. They're referencing Harry Nilsson. They're they're doing all the things that, that somebody who is very focused and knows a fuck ton about music uh, should do. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a very controlled and very arranged yeah. record. And and actually, you know, just on pure musical merit, his arrangements are what most impresses me. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a he's a good singer. He's I don't always like the lyrics. Sometimes they really do hit the mark, and sometimes they're just awful. But you know, he's a great arranger. He's a really good arranger. That the Fleet Foxes records. With his arrangements, the vocals and the and the way mm-hmm. that they managed to inter uh, you know interplay the the, yeah. the singing and the guitars and the strings on those Fleet Foxes records, those are beautifully arranged records. Mm-hmm. And he's a very good arranger, and that is absolutely one of his 
you know, calling cards. And on this record, you know, the arrangements are full bore. If you remember the Elliott Smith records late in his career, like, um, you know, uh, figure eight and XO kind of later mm-hmm. in his career than the earlier stuff where he was going really Baroque with John Bryan right. mm-hmm. in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And, you know, you, you hear some of those similar influences. And I suspect that, um, uh, you know, the, an Elliott Smith kind of late period, like, oh, no, no, let, let's do the Beatles uh, string arrangements and let's add in some horns and let's, you know, well, add in some another layer of keyboards. It's like, let's just see what we can do. It, it's kind of the end destination. If you're a musician who knows anything about music, I think you yeah. you have to get tired of just being like, let me just play my three chords. Yeah, I'm just going to do some, you know, singer songwriter piano and, and, stuff. And, and, and honestly, it is, we, we've had orchestral pop, which is different. That's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's basically shitty arrangements <laughs> <laughs> on top of like any rock songs. Oh, it's not all bad. Sorry, Arcade Fire, but yeah, and I love Arcade Fire, but uh, I was thinking something very different from Arcade Fire, but okay, yeah. go on. Um, or uh, not, not Sun Bell and Sebastian, though. Fuck them too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but you don't often see people like really exercising it like they did again in the seventies, mm-hmm. because in the seventies, like Nielsen could walk into the Capitol mm-hmm. building and be like, "Yo." I need a hundred piece orchestra. Yeah. Like, yes, sir, Mr. Nelson. <laughs> there's, there's a great quote by, um, it was in one of, it was, I think it was, shit, like on a behind the music or something, uh, for Steely Dan, mm-hmm. where Walter Fagan was talking about when punk came along and he was like, and people, and he was like, and people are bragging about making records for $500. And he was like, what? <laughs> he was like, it takes me three months like totally and like 20 grand just to find the chair I'm going to sit in to it's, mix it's this. Like, their their <laughs> cocaine budget was bigger than the entire yeah. budget of every record made in 1978 in Britain. <laughs> but, it, but, but it paid off. It did. Yeah. Uh, so if you ever listened to the Left Bank, you know, that's a orchestral pop, you know, record uh you know you know walk away renee uh pretty ballerina mm-hmm. it's like you know that you know they were working with a lot of the uh the uh, chamber pop orchestration and um and you know you hear some of those pieces that uh father john misty is kind of throwing in with you know the the horns where you're not expecting them to be put in or yeah. a little glockenspiel hey why not put in a glockenspiel right because you know there's arranging skills where you can do all that stuff and really build into that sort of wind tunnel effect that you were talking about mm-hmm. a moment yeah. ago, really build on and, and, you know, it's manipulative in an emotional sense. Absolutely. Uh, right. And it, I think he's doing it because he is an emotional manipulator and Hey, that sort of, <laughs> that sort of carries through musically as well as lyrically. Yeah. But I hear, I think I hear this album less as orchestral pop and more as like enhanced folk. Like I still yeah. think of it as like yeah. in every like, sense of the word, it's, it, yeah, it, it extreme is, it folk. Is. Yeah, it, it is <laughs> death folk. Folk triple X. <laughs> folk after but I, dark. But I still think that you know, with with every song, like I hear the basic guitar chord. You know, like I, I, I like you, like I can hear every version of this song stripped down mm-hmm. as a demo. It starts with piano or guitar as a you yep. know, yeah, and then you can see it building out from there. But it also sounds like everything he's ever done before. It's uh-huh. just kind of where he goes with it. I had a, a problem with leaving LA, not only because it has no hook to it, it has yeah. nothing that you can wrap your brain around. But there's two minutes of him going, oh, 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 Yeah, oh. it's like, okay, <laughs> I realize that you are a sensitive man and you have lots of feels. You need to, to kind of wrap it up. And then as the second that... I think what one of the strengths of the album is that as soon as I think that, I immediately start bashing myself. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just too dumb to understand like how brilliant, how long this song is. And maybe it's just my own dumb attention span that can't handle it when the entire album is mocking how stupid. 
stupid fucking everybody Mm -hmm. is in the country right now. And it's not really mocking. It's just saying we're all in this together. Yeah. That, that's another thing that I uh, meant to mention earlier is that his earlier stuff, one of the reasons that he, I find him so off-putting um, is that he usually acts like, I am brilliant and the rest of you guys are very, very lucky to get to hear how yeah, brilliant eat, eat I shit am. Humans. Mm-hmm. Eat shit humans. <laughs> in this one, he's just like, we're all humans and we are all fucked. Yep. I'm in the entertainment business and mm-hmm. I have started this whole thing. Um, it, it's... His speech last year, um, I had heard about it and I, you know, but I was just yeah. had other shit going on. So I didn't look, look in, into it deep, more deeply. But then when listening to this, I started researching like where this album came from. And it was like, holy shit, like everything he wrote last year and everything he said just off the cuff at that, at that, just which launched this album is just basically... We are all fucked. This mm-hmm. whole time that we've all been sitting around being smug, saying we're too intelligent and we're too smart for any of this to happen. <laughs> stupidity snuck in around the back, and now stupidity is everywhere, and it's all yeah, yeah. our fault. But, uh, and so, he takes responsibility uh, for it on this yeah, album. Yeah, and, and the album is an ex- is, it, it's an unfolding and exploding existential crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, look what I've done. Not, oh, my not, God, look what I've done. Yeah, not... Mm-hmm. not, not I mean... He, he takes the personal and universalizes it for much of the album, except on Smoochie, where <laughs> nobody needs to know about well, that. Can I can I give an example of where I think he he really misses though? Is sure. the um, and it's not a bad song. It's just it's just an incomplete song. So I think you know there's there's a lot of quote worthy stuff in Ballad of a Dying Man, and that's the sort of like you know I feel like uh, Homer Simpson when he's watching the comedian saying you know that white people are so lame and he's laughing he's going it's true it's true we're so lame like like that's the purpose of that song it's for people like me to hear it and be like oh god us Facebook activists we fucking suck we're the worst we're so useless but then I contrast that with um, Marcus Dowling's very thoughtful response to Ta-Nehisi Coates's Between the World and Me Mm -hmm. where he says if if the world will respond to your physical presence with violence the solution is to live virtually and you can be as free as possible on the internet yeah. if you are not physical. And so all of a sudden I hear that song and I think, no, fuck you, man. You don't understand what it's like to be afraid physically of being out there and to only be right. able to live virtually or digitally. Right. And you're treating it like an act of cowardice when, in fact, for some people, that's the only reasonable choice. And see, I took that differently listening to it um from my point of view, which is, you know, I, I fully fit into the entitled role of, you know, I've, other than being female, I, I haven't had to face a lot of the bullshit that a lot of people have. When I listened to that, what I took from it, I, I thought it was a trite, obvious song, much like the, you know, two differing opinions. But I took it more as him just calling out, like, my people of all the women that I that I'm in Facebook groups with that are just like, yeah, right. And they, they like everything and they comment on everything mm-hmm. and they don't fucking do anything. Like I didn't I didn't take it and I've listened to it a bazillion times. I didn't take it specifically as him calling out Facebook activists or virtual activists or people who do important blogs. Um I took it more against People who actively like, I've got to check my newsfeed before I know what to do next. I can't die until I check my goddamn newsfeed. I've got to sign my change.org petition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got. I got to sign that petition, and then I'm going to not send any money to any of these things that are actually important. So, so, can I ask a question based based on that? Then, which is, I was thinking about 
whether this album is going to age well at all. No. And, and parts of it already have, like the Oculus mm. Swift, you know, the Oculus oh. Rift Taylor Swift line is already, yeah. it was it was dumb 50, like 50 it, minutes it, after it he wrote it. Is it any worse than Kanye, though? It's not. And it's, it's a comment on Kanye. But, uh. compar- but compared to Tribe Called Quest, who managed to put out an album yeah. that was fucking spot on two yeah. days after the election. Right. I, I'm kind of mm-hmm. amazed that he managed to put this thing together because I, I do think that he was heading down birdie land after having everybody kiss his ass for Honey Bear. And then this came out. Yeah. I feel like he has spent from August of last year until whenever this was actually produced so that it can be put out in April. It's a pretty quick timeline for the type mm. of sounds that comes out. I keep pointing at the TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's as where if, the music lives. <laughs> as if. Anybody can see me. Um, But that's a really quick turnaround for the type of sound. I mean, this is an amazingly gorgeous ear thing to listen to. But yeah, this isn't going to last for the next six months. I was struggling with this because I was thinking, like, do I just have a massive blind spot? Or if someone heard, like, Paul Simon's Boy in the Bubble today, Mm -hmm, would they mm -hmm. be like... Well, none of that makes it like a long distance call is not miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, and so I don't know, like, do we all think but it he doesn't aged have, well? But he doesn't, like, Graceland of... is not completely function. The, the entire point of Graceland is not that particular. True. <laughs> There's so much more of the album. I, one or two lyrics being off kilter is sure. one thing. The entire angst of this album, if the world does not end in the next six months, then <laughs> that's three... A, that's a big if. That's a, that's that's a, big that's a, no, no, no. If. That's a huge if. So you should probably go buy this now. Because, <laughs> there you know, may not be like, a record in industry In 2018, then. if for some reason the Democrats pull their heads out of their ass and we actually do flip the house... That's another big if, guys. That's another big <laughs> if, guys. Then this album is just basically going to be like another folk anthem from, you know, against Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so, so you hope it won't won't age well because circumstances will mm. change. Exactly. I don't remember bright eyes when the president talks to God. That's not a song that aged well. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that's actually exactly right. I think um, as much as like I am feeling it, and a lot of people are going to be feeling it now, if we enter an age of peace in like the aliens land tomorrow <laughs> and we enter they'll an age of everything. peace, huh? <laughs> they'll fix everything. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's not according it. to that's, the video that works. Eduardo posted that made me so effing sad. Oh, that, that? oh my God. Isn't it's it terrible. Cool? Yeah. yeah. I okay. hate it. Thanks. Um, but, we'll put uh, that in the show notes. if we enter an age of peace, this will, this will stand as, as sort of a landmark being like, Oh, look, this is what, like, privileged people felt like. <laughs> and, look at the angst of the handsome, and, handsome white man in 2017. And, 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 you know, the Tribe Called Quest album, you're like, oh, look, this is what everybody else felt like. <laughs> exactly. Because that album is going to sustain. That album will sustain. Yeah. That, that, that album, there are, that there album are is no a... black people in NASA. That is <laughs> yeah, just, that no black, no space going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but, but I, think, I think for the short term, at least... He managed to, uh, again, I, I actually, I, I think you and I disagree whether or not he got out of the way of his ego, or, or maybe I, I should soften my opinion. He mostly got out of the way of his ego, which has been his, his strength, the entire, entirety of his career, his ego, his ability to be like, <clears throat> I got to play this character. I got to be this guy. Right. And, and so maybe it's not even his ego. It's it's Father John Misty's ego. Well, it's a stage name. It's a persona. It's a stage. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. But it, but it, but he's arguably playing a part. Whatever yeah. weird psychology is tied up for Tillman 
is not for us to guess. But ha ha, you like Father John? Yesterday. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, but so, I totally give you a high five for that. So, so, but, but, uh, but thanks, Daria. But it did, it did get like enough out of the way to make this where it could have been a, a completely ham-fisted, a completely, completely irrelevant, to be honest. Because how many albums do you think are being made right now of people saying the exact same shit that are yeah. going to suck? They're just going to be horrible, bright eyes. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, he already has an album out, but he'll put out five more before yeah, the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, but, but he managed to do this thing that at least for the short term feels... Uh, important and and engages. It honestly breaks through the numbness for me. It does. No, I think I think feels is the operative like <laughs> yeah, word I, in that. It it's it it feels. Yeah, and we so, feel. Yeah, his his voice is just really so insanely on point for something like this. And it for me, yeah. it's interesting to see like he is definitely a narcissist. And the person who's in the White House, basically everyone who's in the White House right now, are malignant narcissists. And so it's traitors. So it's, <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> now it is pretty much here and there. They are they are traitors here. They are traitors there. They are traitors everywhere. But it is interesting to see the battle of the narcissists. Like which one is attempting to use his narcissism and get out of the ego way and put out an album yeah. that sounds like this. Versus the one who's actually trying to destroy narcissism that has has a more uh, detrimental effect on the on the self than mm. it does an entire country or the world. Right. That's true, and that I mean puts narcissism in a whole new light. <laughs> Maybe. His ability to parlay his voice into like basically an arsenal of sound is with the orchestration that he puts behind it, and again putting in the surprising horns and he's got you know this whole bass this baritone sax solo and a bunch of stuff. It's really. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of feels yeah. like you know. There's there's some of this stuff that makes you feel like you've been physically punched. Hmm. So so Carrie, what are you gonna what are you gonna be recommending people do with this album? Uh, well, if you're listening to this podcast anytime between now and November of 2018, hmm. this is an amazing soundtrack for the end of the human species. So I will <laughs> tell Holocene you, extinction. To buy it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. All right. After that, uh, stream. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you can you can buy Trier Pass. I'm try. I, I'm happy to listen to it. All, uh, you know, stream it. Whatever. I wouldn't probably put my own money into it. And I'm actually <laughs> curious. Kevin, can you loan him eighteen dollars? <laughs> no, 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 I'm actually curious because people talk about his live performances. I've only seen him on you know late night shows and and excerpts on YouTube or whatever. But I'm curious to see how that you know that persona that smarm that over-the-top sort of emotional manipulation in the songs and in the kind of the persona of father john misty as a character i'm sure sort of curious how that conveys in a live setting yeah, I've never yeah, seen let, let me warn you don't bring your spouse don't bring <laughs> yeah, your spouse yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. uh ladies love it but but also uh it is um it plays to the very uh place of ladies mm. the the younger crowd and people who are like that, <laughs> and and you make of that what you will. So I the, mean, it's the, a show, the, right? The, it's, well, it's an absolute show. It's I've seen him six times. Wow! And I and it's one of those things where it's like I don't. I, why can't I quit you, Josh Tillman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is that you can't see him around here without also being surrounded by like fifty of his family, which mm. is hilarious. Yeah, like his whole entire family shows up to every single show, and he calls them all out. It's it's great. Um. 
he also calls out crowd members for bad behavior and he gets away with yeah. absolute murder just because of who he is. <laughs> does he does he lecture at people? Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll I, I, stop a whole show and, his, and lecture. In fact, his his one thing after letting photographers in, by the way, his whole uh-huh. his whole set piece for the last tour was like no photographs. But then he would pose behind this like giant neon sign. <laughs> it was in the shape of a box. So say no photographs. So everybody I mean it's brilliant image control because everybody got the same shot and they're like, wow. But then uh, one of his shows at 9.30, he actually came out with a giant prop of a cell phone and then <laughs> stood in that and said, since all of you are watching me through your damn cell phones anyway, I may as well just stand here and sing this song. Put your goddamn phones down. I, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Adam Levine does that in live performances. <laughs> okay, well, that, that may not be the best <laughs> point of reference. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, it's, uh, are you so saying another narcissistic white let's guy not, also let's does not, that? Let's, 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 what is the, uh, what's the, there's like a, a, a white mediocrity gets like right. celebrated as like Adam Levine, Josh Tillman, not that far apart, objectively. No, no. <laughs> so, um, I do love phone booth. Uh, well, who doesn't? Song. Yeah, like because you're a human. Phone, pay phone, pay phone. Because you're, you're human. Mark Jamiroquai. Coincidentally, being human. Jamiroquai is a human other white guy. Well, he's got a big hat. It's a whole different story. He also. We just reviewed that album. Well, he, he's got a big hat. He also has a very famous video that's got cockroaches in it. And frankly, I do think that even if we wipe one another out. Uh, which I think we are on the course to do. Yeah. As long as we've got a couple of cockroaches and a chicken, <laughs> life life will prevail. We'll have eggs. You, tell me more and... about this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so into having cockroaches around, but I definitely want that chicken. Just, <laughs> no, 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 you won't be here, two so cockro- it won't matter. Two cockroaches and a chicken. See, I, do think it's interesting that, I do think it's interesting that I said, uh, we wipe ourselves out, and when I said life, you immediately thought of <laughs> Uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, so I, I gave my um, my opening manifesto about how this album is perfect because it's because it's wrong and bad in so many mm-hmm. respects, but it's also really good in others. Um, and so it's the this album is 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 you know I, I I think I've I I think the reason it's sort of working for me is because I think I finally hate us as a species as much as josh tillman <laughs> always yeah. has yeah well, and see, so he suddenly hates himself like, and and extrapolates to the entire human race yeah. well i listen to it and i'm like i hate us narcissism. and you i hate that, right? you and i hate what you're doing yeah and for some reason that triple layer of hatred makes me feel good uh, and i put the album on and i just sort of go into this weird like my hemispheres get synced in my brain and i'm just in a happy place so even though i've said so many negative things about this album tonight i i actually uh, I'm going to listen to it like 40 more times before the end of this week, probably. So, Does, so you can't so put that's a buy. That's a buy. That's a buy. You love Josh Coleman. I also am a, am a complete buy. This is, uh, this is my Chuck, you, Eduardo. Uh, this is the end to uh, Laura Marlin's Yang for me. Oh, I can see that, actually. This is, this is, that's right. That is a good take. If, if yeah. at the end of the world, I only have two albums to take with me from this year. Those are the two albums I'm taking. Key difference being Laura Marling's album will still sound good after 2018. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which is the shelf life that good. The, Laura Marling's album is one that like we should send out to the aliens. Mm. Like, yes. Here, this, this is be, our species. Please don't like kill us. It'd be like the abyss. They would hear us because we can make them. They've had a long time to listen to Chuck Berry. They could change up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is... I don't. I don't think the album itself... The album itself is great. It, it's not a masterpiece. It is Josh Tillman's masterpiece. 
Mm-hmm. I will be pleasantly surprised if he does anything better than this, but I don't... I I, I, I mean... I, I would also not be shocked if he retired Father John Misty mm-hmm. after this. Oh, interesting. As, yeah. as the persona, but continues performing like, what as, else? Yeah. as Tillman. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything that Father John Misty is about mm-hmm. is poured into this album. He said it all over these three albums. What else is there to is say? Is he going to end up with Cass McCombs <laughs> doing some new... Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> that's, please that's, don't where this do is, that. that's where this is yeah. going. Oh, is, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Father John Misty, uh, pure comedy. Uh, do with it what you will. Comedy by Father John Misty is out now. It's on Sub Pop Records. It's everywhere you can get a record, a uh, file. He's out on tour. Um, I hope if you were on the fence that maybe this convinced you to to give in a little and and uh, and uh, get get off past your founded or unfounded prejudices and experience this motherfucker of an album. This is, uh, like I said, this is this is just one of my favorite albums this year. You guys know all the '70s shit, but this is. Mm, man, uh, good stuff. Before we get out of here this week, I said we're going to talk about a little Corey Brandon. Now, this is a, a singer-songwriter. He's originally from Mississippi. lives in Nashville now. He, he has been on the Bloodshot Records now, I think, for three albums. The internet will correct me if I am wrong. Um, starting in 2002, he put on an album called The Hell You Say. Uh, that was self-produced and self-released. Then 12 songs. Uh, Mutt was his first one in 2012. On uh, Bloodshot, then in 2014 he had the no-hit wonder. Now he's got Adios, uh, and this is—if you're going to make um, comparisons to this for this album and this guy's work—he's got a lot in common with Robert Ellis. I wouldn't be surprised if they played together a good bit, but uh, you know, singer-songwriter telling stories, kind of, kind of warped, wicked sense of humor, and uh, and just you know, he loves John Prine. You can hear that a lot. In, in what he's doing. Uh, it's just a solid, solid record. Uh, so we're going to play a track from it so you can get a taste of here. So here is the, I think this is like the second single off of uh, Corey Brandon's Adios. It's called Imogene. And now you're going to hear it.
detestable, itinerant, execrable, degenerate. Fair enough. You could say that I was a waste of your time. But I say I tried to make you cry. Just asinine. Imogene, can you imagine me trying? Imogene, have you ever seen me try? Gene off of Corey Brandon's Adios. Uh, that is a great, great track, great album. I'm still digging into it. It just came out on Friday, and I'm liking it more and more. Uh, you know, it's been it's been awful nice here in D.C. this weekend, so we can, you know, windows open, just sit back, sipping on a on a cold one, listening to this. It's good times, good times indeed. Uh, he's going to be at Jam in Java here on the 13th. That is, I believe, the this Thursday. Uh, so if you're out in the Vienna area or you don't mind taking a little trip out there uh, from D.C., it's a great room, and uh, I predict this will be a great damn show. So get out there and do it, kids. That is our podcast for this week. We thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a message there. You can leave us a rating. You can listen to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud. This one I am going to put up on SoundCloud uh, because I want people to hear about both of these artists. That's how that works. If you want to share these things, there's a little button. I think. If not, I'll put it in there. Uh, there should be a little button in there though, where you can just share it. Uh, you'll see me tweet it out or at Chunky Classes uh, on the Twitters. Uh, but you know, spread it around get people talking about this music and uh, more and more people listening to good music i think um you know it's funny we had a uh had a, had a moment today with an album that we're talking about tomorrow and uh hadn't listened to it in a long time and it was just situational and and, and it was it was overwhelmingly emotional was the reaction 
uh, that I had. And it was a reminder that even in, you know, dark times, which we're in, you know, you know, you know what happened on Friday, uh, that, <laughs> that music is, is just all powerful if you let it. It's important. You gotta let it. Um, can't really solve anything a lot of times, but it at least can uh, can ease the pain. And uh, so, yeah, so that's it. Words of wisdom at the end of our podcast. We'll be back on Thursday. We're gonna be talking about YouTube's the Joshua Tree. How about that, kids? Uh, until then, uh, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!